In this episode, I spoke with Carlton from Brunton Media. And one of the things Carlton and I got into is a subject which fascinates both of us. What stops people stepping out of their comfort zone? Good afternoon, Mr. Carlton. How are you? Welcome back. Very well, mate. Very well. So one of the reasons you and I are talking again, apart from the fact we talk a couple of times a week anyway, um, is during the last podcast when we were talking about marketing businesses and stuff like that. One of the things you and I kind of started treading into but didn't go down the road of is why people don't step out of their comfort zones. Mm. And there's possibly many reasons for this but from a business perspective you are somebody that experiences this a lot especially when you're actually you know trying to help people grow their businesses trying to help them understand whether people like it or not businesses moving towards the internet moving towards social media and now you know the the shop that was once on the high street or you know down down one of the you know the side streets a little shop that that footfall may still be there but you could have that just as much or double that via the internet yeah yeah and and you probably will if you have a smart if you're smart with your content placement in the respect of where you're putting content what that content looks like etc but in specific like why do people not push themselves outside their comfort zone i think it i mean there's a really simple point which is from a survival point of view in respect to our psychology which is if i do these things i will be i will survive right because i've done these things before it didn't result in my death therefore i'm alive still and at the end of the day is as we've discussed before that's the job of your brain right yeah now that kind of does make it challenging when you're trying to do like talks in front of people or content for the first time, or having this kind of podcast show for the first time, or etc. right? It does open up these kind of issues or these concerns that are challenging because you're you're fighting your mind all the time, right? You're yeah. like, mm, I'm not sure, I don't feel, this is not comfortable yet, but what the, the advice I always give to people, and I've really noticed this, as, I, as you know, I've started doing more keynote speaking and speaking in front of rooms, et cetera, which most people would think because I've been on video so much that it would just come natural to me. It's actually a different skill set, and it, it, it kind of operates a different way. And what I've noticed to happen is I'm now not really getting nervous around it as much as I used to. And I mean, I still get like a little bit concerned and a little bit like, okay, I need to like really look at what I'm talking about and how I'm talking about it. But that's more of a, I want to do better than I did before, especially as the content is going to be similar. But, as a crux, like when I started, it was like, oh my God, I'm really nervous. Oh my God, etc. Because I don't have the evidence in my head, right? To say, this doesn't kill me in a yeah. crux. That's what my brain's looking for, right? So when you do something new or something outside your comfort zone, your brain's going, I don't know what the outcome is here and I want to keep you safe. So I'm not going to do it. Or, I don't, or I'm not going to make you feel okay about doing it, right? So we have a physiological response. And something which I, I found very interesting, would have been three, four years ago now was, the physiological response for your body from being nervous and being excited is identical, right? Sweaty palms, your, you know, butterflies in your stomach, etc. All of those things, they're identical physiologically. What happens to your body is identical, right? So change your mindset and say, I'm not nervous, I'm excited. 
right? Because it yeah, will change sure. it. It will change how you actually come across when you are giving that presentation or when you are talking in front of camera or when you are delivering or etc because it kind of will become part of who you are right from a from a personality driven point of view but also from a branding point of view right it kind of now is like yeah well that's kind of what colton does right he he talks in front of rooms he has a podcast he has this content he he you know and we were discussing before we started you know about where we both are in our content journey i mean i'm in the position right now where i have so much content filmed and so much content ready to go live that i don't have enough days right or enough time to edit it all or enough actually because what i don't want to do is hinder the content which i put effort and time into creating because I don't want to just post and spam people for the sake of it, but I also want to have that balance where I'm not behind, but I don't see a world because I post every day where I can get ahead because I'm creating more content than I have days. If that makes sense. That's the, no, that's the reality. That's the reality I'm in at the moment. No, it's, it's true. Cause like I said to you, it's, you know, there's free podcasts. I already have uploaded that I haven't had a chance to edit clips for. And I'm back. We're doing this podcast now, so that's going to be four episodes that need clipping. Yeah, and it's, it's like, and and then and the reason for people listening why that's important because when like if you're like myself or you like Carlton, you have various social media platforms from, so you have to utilize the most you can from your content. It, it's, it's it reminds me of like old school butchers. You know, the carcass comes in and there's nothing they don't use. They find a use for everything. And it's like that when you're making your content. You've got to utilize everything you can for various different platforms. And in theory, theoretically, I would could take probably three clips, three clips of somewhere between five to 10, maybe 11 minutes long from each podcast. It'd be nice, you know, it'd be good conversation that doesn't take up too much of people's time, gets good views, is interesting. And now I could post three of them, which then if people are interested enough, it brings them back to the podcast to watch the full episode Mm. um, or they will watch other clips. Um, But in terms of what that means is that means I can probably post three clips for three weeks on YouTube. You know, with your with yours included, that would be three posts for four weeks, or I could just maybe post up twice a week and extend it and 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 get this kind of um, you know, because it's very useful, especially with things like Facebook and YouTube, where you can get content that can just be um, uploaded in a day and scheduled, so. You can start building up something six to eight weeks ahead, and it, and it's just I was about to say yeah it's it's like a factory where you're kind of churning out content. It's a machine. You, yeah, yeah, it's a machine. Yeah, that's probably well-oiled cog. It's like a well, beautiful, we got, we it's a beautiful it... timepiece that just goes along on its own. Um, is a better choice of words. And, we and call it's it for important. we call it for clients and us a, a content machine. What's your yeah, content it, it machine? Is, it is. It is. You know, um, and it get, gets you ahead of yourself. So that, that's probably what I'll start doing soon. Um, but you know, like I could, I could not create, I could not get booked for any more talks, or or not give any more talks, or not give any more presentations, or film no more podcasts. And I'd be good until probably the end of the year, still with content posting mm. daily, right? Yeah. Just to give your your audience some context, like posting every day, pretty much, 
still not, and I don't need to create anything for another six months, right? Because that's how far ahead I am and how like much I end up doing. Now we will still create content and we're still planning to create content. You know, I create, I created some content for a client today. Uh, we're creating our own piece from a client job tomorrow, etc. So we still got loads going on and I've got a couple of podcasts next week that I'm going to be doing as well. Uh, I've got a talk tomorrow that we're going to be filming and turning into content, etc. So there's loads still going on, but it's about then how do you prioritize what you want to promote at that point? Because then it gives you a huge amount of choice, Right. And to an extent, what we're talking about here is having a content vault or having a kind of space where you have a bunch of content. So then you've got options and then you yeah. can be quite um, choosy in in what you post and how you post it, because you're not like, I need to post something on social because I haven't posted anything on social in a week or in a day or in three weeks or whatever it may be. So you can be, as I say, you can be really choosy of what you want to promote, right? So let's say, for example, I want more speaking engagements. Okay, then I'm going to post a load of my speaking content over my podcast content or my business promotion content or my event promotion content, right? I'm going to prioritize that. But maybe if I actually don't need more of that at the moment, or maybe I'm not looking for podcast guests at the moment, then I won't necessarily need to post those what what those things right because in most cases whatever you market or whatever you put out there you're going to get more of right so this is a piece of advice i give to a lot of people when they're looking to create anything as a filmmaker they're like what do i do how do i get business etc and i'm like well find something that you would do for free create loads of it and then you can give someone a real vision of you know we just had it at an event we went to on wednesday Right. I went down just to create a piece because I was there anyway. And I was like, sure, why not? And, you know, I heard from the organizer that they really enjoyed the they really enjoyed the video that I made. And potentially we might be working with them. You know, moving forward from there, we might be we might be in a position where actually we might get hired to do some work with them. You know, I think it's about leveraging those those opportunities that you may have to create content, right? Yeah. Or or at minimum creating that piece of content and then like pushing it a little bit more to become more content from itself, such as the clip method, which you discussed. One of the things, um, cause you were talking about the difference between uh, realizing the difference between, um, your, was it you said between anxiety and confidence, you know, anxiety mm. and, and nervousness. Yeah, or excitement. Oh, it'd be excited, excited and nervous. Yeah, the physiological response. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you when? How do you know when you need to step outside your comfort zone? What what signs are there for um, you? Personally, I think for me, when I've been like stagnating, or I feel like I'm not really excited, like quite literally really excited or like really looking forward to something or like something feels a little bit uneasy. It's like, for me, if I'm feeling too comfortable or too, this is like a nine to five or this is like a treadmill or this is just like, I'm just doing the motions. Then for me, that's a sign to say, you need to do something that pushes you. You need to do something that scares you. You need to do something that like, isn't easy for you to do because by doing that, you're going to grow. And then you can do whatever those, you know, because then you're just, you're not just doing the methods for the sake of it. At that point, you're then doing the methods to push yourself closer to the ob, ob, the goal, the objective, whatever that may be. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I use the example of talking. 
in front of rooms. We had this conversation in January about, oh, I want to be a keynote speaker. I want to do talks about what I do. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, what am I going to take myself seriously? Right. The second mm. I said, this is actually what I'm going to do. And I'm going to take this seriously this year. Then opportunities started to arise. And now without blowing my own trumpet, I'm inundated with opportunities and I can be a bit more picky and choosy with the ones I take now because I'm going out my way to constantly look for those opportunities. And actually on average, I'm just saying yes to most of them because I just want to gain as much experience in talking in front of a room where I'm perceived as the expert as much as possible, right? Because by training that skill, I'm going to get better at it. So but how do you identify where, do you, do you ever experience, so this is something I think a lot of people will experience. There's some form mm. of resistance or kickback to taking a project on or doing something in their personal life, their private life. And not, we don't always identify because unfortunately I can do um, a beautiful little placard or meme that demonstrates very colorfully a person in the middle or their mind. And this is your comfort zone. And this is where it borders. And that border can be a very big boundary that prevents you from crossing over that. That sounds like a good write-up for my website, actually. Um, <laughs> so, but it's understanding for a lot of people because a lot of people don't realise they're pushing back about against things because it's it's on their comfort zone and that boundary is in their way. So, one of the things that's key is to identify where that boundary is. So, how, how do you identify um, and be articulate about this? Because I'm going to use mm. it on the website and I'm, I'm jotting down ideas as we speak is how do you identify where your boundaries are, the boundaries of that comfort zone and mm. how you then push through it? I think, I mean, there's two ways I can answer this. I mean, I'll ask, I'll, I'll answer it quickly, but for me, I firstly ask, where do I want to be in a period of time? Might be six months, might be a year, might be a week, might be a month. And then I say, okay, well, what are the characteristics? What is the lifestyle? What is the thing that that, that person, that entity, that, that, person that that version of colton what what does he do right what does he do on a daily basis what is he invited to how does he work right and what i'm looking to do is trying to gauge what is the difference between me and that person right like what are the things that i'm not doing now that for me to be that person i need to do and the 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 crux of like how do you know is by doing a load of stuff and find out how you feel about and be honest with yourself about how you feel when you do all of those things right so me filming a video okay this feels quite normal right doesn't really feel like it's a challenge right me talking to you on this podcast okay feels quite normal doesn't really feel like a big challenge right so i would say these are not outside my comfort zone right me doing a skydive okay different conversation now right i'm like mm, okay well i haven't done a skydive before right so okay this is it's, it's just like when you do burpees <laughs> well for the first time yes because i hadn't done them right yes so it's you're learning how to be discomfortable or being uncomfortable in what you're doing right it's like oh i felt or I'll, I'll use a really general i, I enjoyed one. that one by the way I, i'm sure you did Right. And I use the general one for the audience say, like when you start at the gym, right? You and I had this when I started back at the gym. I was like, I'm going to work out. 
Okay. And I just interject, sorry, just very quickly, for the Over. people that don't understand, that's a little bit of a private inside joke. I've been supporting Carlton with some gym workouts, and he doesn't very much appreciate them. No. no. And, he, and he often sends me very unkind messages. Lovely, lovely messages. Unkind lovely messages. Um, however, Carlton is exceeding and is doing excellent and has become very articulate at the unpleasant me messages. Yes. They, some of them are just one word. Yes. Yes. And they are wonderful. Um, yeah. And the, you know, the point I was making about Jim in general is like you push to this point of doing this exercise. And I'll use, I'll use Simon um, as an example where he stated on, on when he was on stage and he was referring to like, when you go to the gym, right. It's the same when you brush your teeth, etc. Like you go to the gym, you work up for 20 minutes, nothing changes. Okay. Yeah. You do the same thing the following day, right? You do the same thing, nothing changes, right? But there is a point through the consistency where things start to change, okay? But that's the point. The consistency is the point. And the, the, the people who, you know, are struggling with their comfort zone or they're struggling to push themselves, oh, I really want to do X, but it's outside my comfort zone. I don't know how to deal with it. Go a little bit further out one day at a time, then come back, then go a little bit further out, so on and keep pushing those boundaries and keep doing those things and say yes to those things even when they don't feel comfortable right it's the same with compounding it's the same with anything we're talking about a compounding effect here right so brushing your teeth is a compounding effect working out is a compounding effect having building a business is a compounding effect right so yeah. you you can be in this position where your one percent improvement. Like every day, I go. What else could I have done today to move the move in the direction I want to move? Right. So whether that's with business or personal or whatever. And as long as I've moved one percent forward, I know that I'm moving in the correct direction because I'll use the quote I keep using all the time at the moment, which is really great. Is one percent improvement every day? At the end of the year, you'll be thirty-seven times better than you were before. Right. Now, that's very well and good. Me sit here saying you need to do one percent improvement because there's going to get to a point where you don't necessarily know what that improvement is. What is that 1%, right? Is that one more rep? Is that one more phone call? Is that one more email? Now they're the easy ones, right? But sometimes it's like, maybe it's an uncomfortable purchase, right? So in a course, like you've just come off the back of course, right? Like literally like yesterday, right? Mm. Arguably to some people that would have been an uncomfortable purchase, right? Or having an intensive course over a weekend, arguably oh no i can't do that because then i can't have my relaxed time or i can't go and, and and have fun with my friends or whatever right that's a good point no, no that that is a good point because um i wasn't the only one a lot of the guys that went on that course over the weekend so for those that um don't follow me on social media over the weekend um i became certified uh, under the shawman solution in hypnotherapy and for me to get up to do that for the weekend it was a four-hour drive it's which I had to do on the Saturday morning. It was starting at nine thirty, so you know I'm, I'm on the road at five o'clock in the morning to get there on time and have plenty of time to get up there. And yeah, and two very long days. Um, I left the house I think five o'clock Saturday morning, and I got home at ten o'clock Sunday night after two very long intensive days of training. Fantastic training, but you're right, as you know, when I was talking to you earlier, I'm still knackered. 
know. And it's the, it's the same way you do anything, right? Like when when one starts a business, right? They constantly, like I personally constantly push myself business-wise. Always, I'm like, okay, my day isn't very full because maybe I have a shoot cancelled. Okay, that means an entire day that was booked is no longer booked, right? And I'm like, okay, so what can I do? What things can I do? What stuff needs to be worked on within the business, right? Like, and for me, one of the the things that I think really stands me apart from my growth in the respect of business is I treat Brunter Media as our highest paying client in the yeah. respect to allocation of time and resources, which is why I'm able to post every day, which is why I'm able to constantly try and work on those things, whether it's business plan or a website or marketing copy or ad strategy or content strategy or whatever it is that I'm working on because I'm must have been... trying to push things forward. Sorry, one of the things is there must have been a point at some time in your life where you recognized some pain point that you had to pivot past. Okay, and that you were at the edge of that comfort zone and you were resistant. It was mm-hmm. there was pushback and you were happy to be pushed back, but you somehow recognized that. So start with let's start with that. How did you recognize? Well, uh, that? well, I can I can give you a really really recent scenario uh, where I had that a couple of days ago. I was invited to give a talk, and I won't disclose where for obvious reasons. But I was invited to give a talk that was a bit out of the blue, and I was like, uh, okay, didn't feel great, right? Mm-hmm. Was like uh, okay. And initially I went, no, I'll just ask to do the next one or oh, I'll ask to do the next event or, uh, uh, you know, no thanks, not on this one. So can I, sorry, so, so you do actually, you did and still do experience those mm. psychological pushbacks where your brain is like, no, we're, we're not going to do this. We'll do, you know, I'm not prepared. I don't know what yeah. to say. Uh, I'm not ready this week. I'm busy. Uh, so, so when you feel those or when those are actually happening, how, how do you, like yeah how, how do you recognize them for what they are mm. Mm. and then how do you process and move forward past that i mean uh personally i ask myself what is the opportunity cost of me not doing whatever this activity is and also then followed by quickly afterwards am i really taking what i'm saying seriously are you so, the example of talking right so sorry I, I don't mean to keep talking over you but you said something mm. that was very interesting to me there is so what is the opportunity missed for not doing this? So what's so the opportunity words, cost? It's cost. So what's the opportunity cost? What's so the cost so of if, not doing it? So because you're not being paid for these talks all of the time, only some of the time. Mm. Um, so when that happens, you effectively kind of chuck in an incentive, i.e., if I don't do this, there's missed business opportunity. There's missed expansion. Expansion. See, you are kind of. It's almost like a pros and cons list is too simple, but it's mm. there are you. You put a lot of emphasis on the the long term incentives and benefits to doing it to get over the short term comfort. To yeah, to ask myself, well, why did I want to do X and Y, and am I taking myself seriously when I say I want to be a speaker? Am I actually a speaker or am I someone who says I want to be a speaker because a speaker when they're given a speaking opportunity if it's a valuable opportunity to them they would say yes no matter how uncomfortable that may feel right still doesn't still don't the idea of speaking in front of a room especially in front of a room which I haven't built enough rapport with the business yeah. properly yet is one that's challenging but I'm like okay 
there's a clear opportunity here and there's an opportunity that I can seize to move the business forward in a direction or build my credibility or et cetera, or move things forward in the direction that I feel is valuable. So let's do it. This is a way to do it. Now, it's going to eventually feel comfortable once you do that enough because your brain is going to realize he's going to do it anyway. You know, I think it was David Goggins that said, once you like lose control of your mind, you've lost, you've, that's it, game over, right? Because you choose whether you're going to listen to your mind. Your mind's just going to go, hey, by the way, this may be a bad idea. Hey, by the way, this might put us in threat, but you can still say, we're going to do it anyway. Right? I use a, a really simple analogy. I don't want to go to the gym today. I'm still going to go to the gym today. You are going to the gym today, yes. Yes, yes. We've right? established pre, pre-podcast, pre you're going to the gym. It'll be about 10-ish because you like training late now. We've established a very good, healthy pattern. And Carlton, ladies and gentlemen, just, just to reassure anybody who's worried, Carlton will be going to the gym today and later also sending me uh, an unkind message. So, yes. But it won't be burpee-related because I've changed that workout for him. But the crux there is on days where I don't feel like I'm going, I still go because I want to beat my mind. I want but to it's... say I'm in charge of my mind, not the other way around. But there's there must have been an important time in your life, if you reflect back or think back, where you then recognised something and, and took a massive leap forward. and th- And that's... That's the pivotal point because there was that pain point in the past and you kind of looked at it through the lens and stepped forward, Mm. went over the barrier, moved through the obstacle. Well, I I think, I mean, if I was going to put something that jumped to mind was when I went full time, right? Now, little did I know what what would come after literally a month after me going full time. But for me, I was like, when, and it's, it's a constant question I always ask myself is when are you going to take yourself seriously? Right. I talked about it, about the speaking thing. I've talked about it multiple times about content, etc. It's like, when are you going to actually take yourself seriously? Right. Cause I can say, oh, I run a business. I say I can do this. I can say I do that. But when are you actually going to do it? Right. You've been saying for three years, you've been saying for two years or my tattoos would be an example. Right. Like I said for three years, oh, I'm going to get these tattoos on my wrist. Right. You may remember. Yeah. And and then I was like, well, actually, when am I going to do it? I've been saying the same with speaking. I've been saying the same with the podcast when I started it. I've been saying the same when I went full-time in business, et cetera, right? When I went full-time in business, I said for a year, oh, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to grow the company to the point where I can go full-time, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, well, actually, when are you going to do it? And, th- and that's why I always like bring it up and say, well, when are you going to take yourself seriously, right? So if, if someone's listening and saying, oh, I'm going to start that side hustle, I'm going to start working out, I'm going to start running, I'm going to start, I'm going to ask that girl, like whatever it is, when are you going to take yourself seriously? When are you actually going to do it? Right? Because it's all very, very good. You sit in your head and you're really. Step on stage or you step in front of an audience or you actually ask that girl and you're waiting for, for that person to answer you. Right? Like, it suddenly just got really real. Yeah. Because you're out. Because the other thing that you're really like, the thing you're concerned about is the things outside of your control, right? You're like, what if she rejects me, right? Like, what if she says no, right? Well, well, then my question to you would be, well, what then? What happens if she says no? That 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 is always. So this is the thing, isn't it? So we're kind of at this place where the comfort zone, that boundary, 
mm. is it's on the edge of rejection, yeah, failure. That's on judgment, isn't it? It's of other it's how people's judgment. Yeah, that, that's a very good way of putting it. There's some form of judgment. It's. It's and like, what, if I go and if I make this leap for six months, then I fall on my face and I have to go and get my old job back. Why, why, why would I make the leap? Because I'm going to look like an idiot and I'm going to, my pride's going to be tarnished. Yeah, for sure. And, but it's that, isn't it? It's what I'm, I'm trying to help people understand is because you are a very good example of somebody that stepped out of the comfort zone. Mm. And it's, it's understanding that because there must have been a point in your life looking backwards stepping back mm. where it happened and you're not that person anymore because you went forward mm. you know some, I mean, somewhere... uh, arguably it's every day right every day i've walked every every day i've walked for it to the it's like when is the first day yeah, for sure, but but that's, that's what I'm saying that's is very that's very subjective, surely, because that would depend on you know you could say when I was in school and I was being told that I will always be a failure because I'm a dyslexic. Okay, you'll never get an English degree because, or you'll never get an English qualification because, or you'll never yeah, get this sure. grade because, right? But, but you did something. You you did something that, and you must you use it every day mm. and every week. And you have noticed the results mm. because you made a decision or because of the way you think mm. that changed everything. And it's, it's given you this, this digital marketing company that's continuing to grow and it has mm. a great future moving forward. Mm. So I think... you, you, sorry, I'm just saying you did something, you know, you, you were the carrot and the stick. You were the, the the person who had control of who has control mm. of his life because mm. of a decision you made and that's what i'm trying to help everyone else understand is it was a process and how did you identify a how did you identify that process needed to be made i think the the, the first thing is ask yourself are you happy with where you are if if the answer but, but is that something you actually what i'm trying to help mm. people is because you and I can sit down all day and explain to them what you have to do, but yeah, it's how, how did you do it? Do you know what I mean? What was the moment? What was the pivotal moment? I don't think there was ever a, like a pivotal moment. I mean, I, I know what it is in respect to what I do. I'm, I'm yes. getting, I'm getting comfortable with but, the concept of being. Did you, were you doing that when you were five years old? No. So no, ten years I old? No. I, I, so, I, I, again, there must, very... there must be a point when you reflect backwards. Mm. Right, where you realize actually at that age or at that scenario when that happened, I think it, yeah. I mean, I think for I me started going this way forward and I started making these choices. And because I made these choices, my life went down this path, mm. even I, if it I mean, wasn't the path you're on today, there was a pivotal moment that changed everything for you. I think, I, I think personally, I think. Uh, you know now I, and I sit and think about when was that day i can't tell you the date and time i can tell you roughly it was around the time where i was like you have that cho choice where in around year nine in the uk in school you're given the opportunity to drop some subjects and then like specialize in other subjects right and it was in this principle of like okay people have said for me for the last xyz years that 
I aren't going to get this. I'm not going to get these grades. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to be successful. I'm not going to be able to do etc. And I said, no, I said, actually, I am going to do it. And I don't particularly know how I'm going to do it right now, but I'm going to work it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to push through. I'm going to work a way out to, to get that qualification in English that I that is now completely meaningless to me. Or I'm now going to, you know, develop to the point where I can run a business and et cetera, or develop enough self-confidence where I don't really look for external validation or I, you know, want to take, you know, there's been one too many times where I'm not happy with how I am physically looking. Okay. So now I'm going to take and actually properly commit this time to doing a fitness routine right now. Does that mean every day I want to do it? No, of course not. Does that mean I'm not going to have slips and hurdles and falls, etc.? Sometimes quite literally, but also mentally to be like, no, maybe this isn't for me, etc. But you just have to keep going, right? It's the same in anything. It's the same with business. And I think eventually you'll develop this mindset or this resolve, which is like, actually, nothing is stopping me outside of me. And, you know, that's why I'm very cautious and very careful with who I let in my life. Because for me, there's a lot of negativity going on in the world now. There was a lot of negativity going on 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. And for me, I'm like, unless you're going to like help me keep my mindset like focused on where I'm trying to go or being positive or moving things forward, etc., then I don't really want you in my life. It's nothing personal. It's just like I don't want that energy around me. And it's and I don't want this to get kind of to an extent. I mean, you can push it that way if you want, but I don't want this to get into like law of attraction point of view but it is very that it is very kind of you put out what you want into the world and you will reciprocate that now this is generally a marketing thing right if i put out the i want to if i'm putting out event after event after event funnily enough event organizers are going to notice that and they're going to be like hey colton does events hey we should probably hire colton to film our events because i've proven it in the same way if i'm filming businesses and showcasing businesses funnily enough businesses are probably going to notice that right so what characteristics using the, um, I imagine a percentage of your audience has, which is that guy doesn't like me, that girl doesn't like me, etc. which you'll find you'll really enjoy the fact that I'm, I'm talking about this. And it's about, okay, well, what characteristics do you want that person to have, right? It's not like, oh, who could I attract or who could I attract? Well, firstly, what are you doing to be attractive, right? Number one. Number two, what do you want to be reciprocated in that attractiveness, right? Is it they have X, Y, and Z characteristic, right? Now, I'm not saying that and you shouldn't, by the way, just look at surface level, right? Surface level has its approach and there is benefits and stuff to surface level. You also need to look deeper on who that person is as a person as well, especially if you're looking to build a committed well, relationship. There's there's some key things that, um, and, and you're spot on in many of them, one of the things that's difficult for anybody is you can't help what you find attractive. Right. So this idea, and it does, some people can do it, but for the most part, if you're going to be interested in somebody, it's on a level of attraction. Mm. Right. Now you also then can get, you know, depending, um, there's a difference between lust and 12 months down the line. And, mm. and that's where, rather than have things in common, you want to have shared values. So yeah. you kind of both want to have the same sort of value around 
how you use money. Do you save mm-hmm. up for things or do you both just spend money frivolously? Didn't do too well at pronouncing that. But because if you're both frivolous with money, it's fine. But if one of you wants to save and build and the other mm-hmm. one wants to spend and waste, you're going to constantly be at loggerheads of each other. So key things like that um, are important. Mm. That the, they are great foundation stones to build on. More than we both like rap music, we both like drum and bass, we both mm. like Love Island. In which case, you should both drop off the earth anyway. But is... I mean, arguably, excluding the Love Island bit, but like, yes, isn't the isn't the point there? Like those things, like the things I liked five years ago, are not the same as I like now, right? No, so of course, but if I typically... was still with my partner surely maybe we wouldn't have changed in the same direction, right? For sure. But if you're both going to say, come together and have kids, right? Mm. You both want to have very clear ideas and know these up front about how those children should be disciplined, how they should be schooled. If you are of faith or not faith, because sometimes, you know, especially in this world we live in today, some people don't have faith and don't believe that religion should play a part in your life. Well, if you have somebody that actually wants the child to be part of a faith, well, there's no point marrying somebody who, or having raising children with somebody who does not want the child around any form of religion, because you fundamentally have two very different values in this area. Mm. Look, here's a great example, right? If, and I'm not, just to be clear, I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just using it as a very simple example, right? Mm. If one of you is passionately vegan and the other one is passionately or indecisive, doesn't care, we can have a relationship, it's fine, right? But at some point during that relationship, you're going to have children and and one of you is like, well, I want my children to eat meat. And you're like, no, because I'm vegan. You're Mm. never going to get over that obstacle now you can try but somewhere down the line that is ultimately goes against your values if one of you is a deep christian Mm. right you're not going to be able to get past that if your partner thinks god is a joke and does not want your child anywhere near religious education religious information it doesn't have to be going to church you know Mm. there are people Mm. that have deep christian faith that are not regular churchgoers, but they like to talk about God. They like to have conversations about God, and and faith is important to them. And because mm. what happens when you, ha- especially when you have children, is the things that are really important to you and matter to you, you want to demonstrate and instill them to your own children because those values are important. Mm. And that's and you want almost every parent you'll ever meet wants the most for their child they want their child to have the best life they possibly can and they do that by putting upon them and sharing with them and raising them with the values they hold most dear and if your values are opposing to your partners it's going to fall apart even though it doesn't matter that you both like certain programs you both like music you both like going for hikes you both like you know ultimately it's going to fall apart and when it, so when it comes to relationships, that, that's one point. The thing that I'm very strong about, as you know, is 
is one of the things that people really, and we've all been guilty of this, is do not lose yourself in a relationship to somebody else. Mm. You need to be somebody that is doing something first. And I don't, I was about to say, I especially attribute this to men, but I don't mean it to be like that. I don't mean it to sound like that. But too often I keep hearing people say, well, what does she bring to the table? Well, mate, your table's lopsided with two legs and one of them's hanging off. So stop being a dickhead. You know? And also, like, sorry to cut you off, but arguably doesn't, uh, if we're just talking from a biological point of view, arguably a female brings more to the table theoretically, right? Because they are going to burden, carry the child, right? Um, well, it depends, doesn't it? it? Because what I'm saying is, my answer to that is no. Because there's a lot of women out there that don't seem to be too fussy about who they're having children with. So you're not bringing anything to the table. If you don't care who you're having children with, mm. then your values are pretty low in life. Mm-hmm. Now, um, um, what I, and I've got to be very clear about this because people do get upset. What I'm saying is when there are men and women, both on both sides, that mm. don't seem to be too fussy about who they have kids with. You know, and when you when you're going to court on both sides and you don't know who the father is, or you don't know if you're the father, that's an issue. Mm. Right? Because protected sex is taught at school. Mm. And when you're playing around with a child's life, you are the problem. It's it's that simple. But what I'm saying is whether you're male or female, right? When it comes to like having partners, who you should pick, how you should pick. The mm. first thing you should be clear, whether you're male or female, is who are you? Yeah. And you're ba- you should have boundaries in place about what that means. Mm. And don't go running off trying to get someone else to fix your problems. Don't go running off trying to get validation from somebody because you're lacking in areas of purpose, self-esteem, meaning, and need validation attention and input from somebody else to feel good about yourself Mm. because ultimately it's going to lead you down the road of either toxic relationships or even worse than that sometimes is you end up with somebody who can't continue to make you happy and then you blame them for it and Mm. they were never trying to be everything to you they thought you were a together healthy person who knew what you were doing in your life, you know? And and it's important that people understand this is if, if you know where you're going in life, if you have your purpose in life, then it doesn't make you infallible, but you do start to realize this is who I am as a person. This is what's important to me. And when people come along who would not be in your best interests long-term, you have good firm boundaries in place Mm. and you start to exercise them and you you and i have talked about this a lot in private there are times now where we don't socialize in a certain way with certain people not because they're not nice people we're just not interested in getting wasted 
Mm. We're not interested in falling out of a bar at two o'clock in the morning. We, we're busy. We've got things to do. Decisions, you know, like, look, this this morning, I happen to know that you were filming this morning, right? And you and I originally had a podcast booked. And, you know, and a couple of weeks ago, you're like, look, I'm going to have to do some filming. Is it all right if we cancel that? And I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. We'll do it in the afternoon. Is that all right for you? Probably be better for me because I'll be away that weekend. Turned out to be an absolute blessing for me because I was exhausted this morning from a trip home and the weekend. Yeah. And it took the pressure off me having to do anything. But it's you and I make decisions forward thinking yeah. about I can't if I'm going to do this, I can't be doing that. So mm -hmm. there's no way you could have gone out at the weekend, got smashed, come roll, rolling out of a bar at two, three o'clock in the morning and got up to do your job this morning. Yeah, You might have turned up but it wouldn't have been a good look and it wouldn't have been good quality. No. So, and and that's what I'm saying. When people say like, when you're laying out your table, when people say, well, what does she bring to the table? What does he bring to the table? What does your table look like? Mm. You know, would anyone actually want to sit at it? And I'm going to say and put it out there because I see it a lot in the manosphere and the red pill society and all that. Men are the worst at this. What does she bring to the table? Mate, if you had a table, health inspectors would be round tomorrow to shut you down and they wouldn't be letting anyone sit it. You know, you've got to have something to offer in the first place. Mm. You've actually got to be somebody that somebody wants to be with. And that's a personal development that starts from within. Yeah. And I, I think it causes a ripple effect across anything else you do, right? Because if you are wanting to build a business, okay. How does that affect your relationships? I don't mean necessarily romantic relationships. I mean in relationships in general, right? I'll use mine and your relationship as an example, right? We both know that we both have a lot of stuff that we're doing all at the same time, right? Yeah. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. So when something like today happens where I had committed to saying, yes, let's do the next podcast. Let's do it here. And then I'm like, hey, look, I know we said they do this, but this thing's come up. When can we next do it? Right. Because what I'm doing is I'm instantly saying I'm still holding to my word, but this is now being a complication because of when we're talking about it. Right. And I think that's the difference. I think if you say, and you're going to do something, like if I give my word to someone that something will happen or I will do something, then I'm going to do that. Right. And it's like, what does your word actually mean, right? If you say, oh, yeah, it happens, and yeah, I give you my word, and then that doesn't actually mean anything because you never do it, or it doesn't happen, or you're late, or et cetera, right? Now, I'm not saying that everyone's perfect. We just, we've just given you a very clear example of how we're not perfect and things happen in life, right? I had an opportunity that I wanted to take on a client, asked me to do, said, hey, we're doing this thing. We'd love you to come and film it. Can you come and film it, please? No worries. But I was like, actually, this caused me a little bit of a complication because I've already planned that time to do something else, yeah. right? But then how do I go about doing that or, or, or building a relationship or building a point where I can say, hey, this thing's happened. I know we said we would do this, but is there any chance we could do X, Y, or Z, right? And am I giving enough notice, right? Because I could have rung you like on Friday and gone, hey, even though I had known it was there for a week and a half, I could have gone, hey... Uh, the podcast on Monday can't happen because X, Y, Z, right? But literally the second after the shoot 
was requested, not even like booked, requested for that time. I said to you, hey, you free to call? You were like, yeah, sure. Jumped on a call, saw it out, right? Because yeah. that that's a, that's a level of respect for time, right? Now, my question to the audience is, how many people in your life would do the same thing to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it is, it's true. And you and I were talking about this, I think it was Wednesday when we went to the Incubi Hive opening. Yeah. Uh, at Wilton. Good luck to them. Yeah. I hope it all works out. Um, for anybody that's looking for some flexible office space to rent. They're not promoting this, by the way. It's just Carlton and I were actually there the other day talking about this. Um, yeah, it's the people that you you sometimes have to let go in your life. It's You mm -hmm. just have to say, for no reason, I, I need to be very clear about this. We're not saying people they're not nice people. They're very nice people. Mm -hmm. But you're just going in different directions. And you and I were talking about the fact of the amount of people that actually don't know what we're doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I work side by side a lot we work very closely together and we we chat frequently during the week and i think it was me that said to you that you knew more about what i was doing in my life than some of my closest friends these days mm. um because th th there's no reason for them to know they're not they don't need to know that they're not interested in knowing and i can't can't yeah we just wouldn't and vice versa, those friends wouldn't talk to me about what's going on in their work life and stuff like that. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, partly because, you know, we've been, as I said, you've been knocking around since we were teenagers. So we've always had slightly different lives. But mm -hmm. we've become much more selective about who has our time and what that actually, that time means. And it's either serving a purpose or it's positive. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even it. if it's just arguably, even if it's just positive, it's still serving a purpose. Which but, is, but that's what I'm saying. We don't, we don't, we've become very aware of not allowing people, for want of a better term, sort of energy vampires or people that just suck the life out of you. Mm. Is it's just like if people come at us with um, something negative. You know, you, you and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when um, you were going to meet somebody for coffee and they flaked, and then it was just like, no, okay. No, you know, that that, yeah. that it wasn't going in the direction. It wouldn't have been a, a good meetup. It wouldn't have been good business, whatever it was. It's just like, no, we've got to. And, you know, especially, you know, me as a therapist, I have to be very, very mindful of who I allow to have my time mm. in the sense of how I, you know, how I spend that or how you spend that time with me because I, I can't take on everyone's problems my as mm. in like as an actual person i can be sympathetic and aware of the difficulties you're having but i can't i can't hold the burden for you no, um and and like you say so one of the things that you and i would have talked about a lot in the last probably six months <clears throat> uh, maybe even longer actually is that when especially when it's personal time you, we have to be very careful of who we're giving that personal time to and where that that kind of they take us our mind because mm. if we get dragged down to them that then affects what we're trying to achieve later on in yeah. the week i mean i think it's you know i could use many quotes here but i seem to be using loads today so i'll use another one um it was snoop dogg that said it was snoop you can't dogg, yeah. pull you you can't pull people up but people can pull you down 
right? So what we're talking about here is the the the, the attention, right? Well, who has your attention, right? And we've talked about this privately. We've talked about this publicly. You know, I think it's one of those things, especially when you look at the Elon Musk of the world, the Jeff Bezos of the world, the insert ridiculously wealthy entrepreneur here name uh, in the world. Who who has their attention? Yeah. Who has access to them? Even something simple, who has their phone number? Now, it's very easy to get my phone number. It's very difficult for me to answer you. Explain. Now, there's, a, there's a difference. Now, the, the, the logic I follow is very simple. Because I use my phone for work, I want to have make the barriers to someone reaching out to me to say, hey, can you help with a project? Or, hey, can you film this video? Or, hey, can we do a project or whatever? I want to minimize as many barriers as humanly possible. So I leave the gateways to entry wide open so my phone number is public emails public all of those things are public so that if someone wanted to reach out to me they can now the issues come with that is sometimes you'll get spam a lot of the time you've got spam because it's been bot it's been bot clipped it's bot clipping so basically just sees an email and goes oh i'll take that and now i'm going to send you a load of rubbish right now that's fine but the same is true with your phone right so it's like i'll always give people the benefit out always pick up the phone hey how are you but if I know roughly that you're like, mm, maybe, and it's the same with people who you have in your life, right? Like I won't mention any names, obvious reasons here, but like there's certain people in my life who I'm like, hey, yeah, we spoke every day and now we don't speak at all. Yeah. And it's like, okay, how do I feel about that? Or is that okay? Right. And it's like, yeah, it's sad. And yeah, it's not great, but that's the reality, right? One of the, you know, I had a very good friend for a very long time and unfortunately we parted ways just because of business and uh, et cetera, right? We're still good friends, but we don't work together anymore. And one of the things he told me years, years, years ago was people are very loyal to their needs. They're not necessarily very loyal to people, right? Absolutely. And, and the crux of the point of that is if I'm paying a bill or if I am your source of revenue, then you're probably going to be quite palsy with me, even if you think I'm a prick. Right, because you're you need the paycheck, right? Yeah, that's true. And the same with compassion, the same with love, the same with attention, the same with etc. And my question to the audience or, or to you would be, why? Like, who who in your life do you potentially like? Have you tried just not messaging people, certain people, not necessarily do it all the time, but have you just tried not messaging someone for a month? No, because this see is they, another thing. See, see if they start a conversation. That comes back to people's comfort zones. People don't always make changes with people that aren't that great to be around um, mm. and make decisions around those people um, when it's not that healthy. And you're just like, hmm. Because again, it's and any habit that needs change also means pushing back against your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, especially socially, we're tribal creatures, right? Indeed, so, yeah our brain is going to be like, hey, if I get ostracized or I get, or I only have like one person that likes me, I'm dead, right? In yeah. tribal times, you'd be dead. So your brain hasn't really adapted and changed to that. So it's like, yeah, I, that's where the sheep mentality comes in. That's why most people just do what the status quo wants them to do because well, God that's... forbid, God forbid the percentage of the population wouldn't like them. It is peer pressure in a nutshell. That's how peer pressure yeah. works. If we all yeah. fit in, if we all agree, everybody's happy. Yeah, because you'll you know. survive. And otherwise, the mob comes after you, and you're going to be dead. And it's you know it's it, it's it it is difficult to be different, right? It's difficult to say no to things. It's difficult, you know. 
we can look at it when you can take anything, abuse, verbal, sexual, racial, whatever, is taken in the workplace. It takes more, e- more energy, more effort, more conscious effort, and it needs to really rile you up to stand up for someone else than be quiet because what if that person yeah. then starts abusing me, right? It did, yeah. That, that's exactly it. So again, I mean, we're, we're back to how, how do you identify this sometimes and push back so that, oh, actually, what are the benefits of getting past your comfort zone? What's the, being the benefit for you? Whenever you were a kid and you imagined that you had this dream or you had this ambition or you had this perfect life in your mind, that's the thing you achieve. That's it. The 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 dream and the life and everything I wanted two years ago. Yeah. I have right now. I'm living it day to day. Simple as that. Like that's all I can say because that is the reality, right? That is what has happened because I pushed myself repeatedly and because I'm constantly pushing myself. And that's why I know I can say confidently with conviction that in six months, 12 months, 18 months, I will be where I'm meant to be, whatever that is to me at the time. Yeah. Because I'm going to consistently push outside my comfort zone. I'm consistently going to do what feels uncomfortable. And that's probably a fantastic place to stop. Thank you very much as always. Pleasure.